The sounds there of Mariah Carey teaming up with the late Whitney Houston when you believe. Bring the time to exactly 15 minutes after 4 o'clock. A very good morning to you and welcome to this Women's Day edition of A Sound Awake. Inviting your thoughts and your comments on this day and what it means to you as a woman in 2018, as a man given birth to by a woman. You know, either way, we can't run away that each and every one of us came on this earth because of a woman. What does it mean to you? And also as women today, we also reflect on the journey that the women of 1956 walked. You know, they they marched to the union buildings and they handed over memorandums. We saw women like Helen Joseph, Raima Issa, Lillian Ngoi, Sophia Debrain, uh, leading thousands and thousands of women from different parts of uh, the country to say past laws need uh, to go. And we are inviting your comments on 40938, 409-38. You can also connect with us on Twitter. Our our handle is at SAFM Radio at Kanye underscore Makubane using the hashtag SAFM Sound Awake and that's where we can uh, connect with each other. And alternatively, of course, you can send us a voice note on WhatsApp and the number to use is 061-410-4107. It's time for us to catch up with our life skills coach. Her name is Rahima Issa. She's the founder of Haditi Media. She's a strategist and ideas curator and she's a creative. Today we're talking about knowing yourself worth as a career woman. A very good morning to you, Rahima. Good morning and happy Women's Day to you and your listeners. Happy Women's Day to you. Let's start right there before we get into our topic of discussion. This day, just your own reflections and what it means to you. You know, you know I've got personal challenges with this day in terms of um, how it's been celebrated for me in the past. And for me, it's it's an acknowledgement that women have had um, to basically had to raise their voices and, and had to claim their space. And I think this year significantly, it's so important that women have done that, reclaimed that, that need to just, you know, be out there and say things are not okay. Things are not where they should be. And, and I'm, I'm happy to celebrate Women's Day this year. Mm. And also, I mean, given the backdrop that we are celebrating Women's Day, I mean, on a day where women have taken to the streets on the total shutdown to say mm. enough is enough. Yeah. And it, yeah. it would seem as if for the first time, women are really starting to embody the spirit of the women of 1956. You know, because the women of 1956 were not about high tea and fancy fascinators. These <laughs> 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 my Instagram posts. <laughs> I'm sorry? As it seems like you read my Instagram post. No, not at all. Not at all, you know. Um, for, for me, it's always been about, you know, the women were activists. You know, the women were there and, and they stood for something. And I think, you know, women are starting to, 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 to go in the, in the direction that's going to bring us true and lasting change, you know. Because I do yeah. believe that for the first time, you know, women are standing up and they're becoming a force to be reckoned with. And, mm. and, and so I think, you know, on this day, on, on Women's Day, we find ourselves, it's a bittersweet moment, you know. It is. It's an indictment that we have to be doing this again. That our grandmothers did it. They had to stand up and say, no. And we are still in that position. It, it's bittersweet. It's great to see us standing up and having a sense of urgency, a sense of militancy, a sense of, you know, in, in immediacy of having to deal with it. But mm. it's such an indictment that we as women are finding ourselves in a position where we're having to do this for ourselves. Uh, the men have let us down, Shem. Mm. 
I, you know, that's a whole discussion. You know, <laughs> have the men of this country let the woman down? That's a good discussion, Rahima. We're going to have it next week. <laughs> no, no, we must have this. I and mean, we must have it together, not in separate corridors. No. It's, be, it's time to have this conversation together. I mean, this whole thing about Women's Day and it's just women, I understand. But the men come to the table. Really, if we cannot have this conversation separately right now. Absolutely true. Let's get into our discussion. Understanding mm-hmm. and knowing yourself worth as a career woman. Let's just start mm. by defining the measurement of self-worth. Mm. You know, self-worth is, about, is a way of being and who you are um, versus self-esteem, relationship with what you do and your association with that. So for me, I created a definition of self-worth, which is understanding that it's intrinsically personal. It's, and for me... The fact that you're saying worth, it means that there's a value. It means mm. that there's a score that you're keeping. So I think of it as a bespoke, bespoke scorecard of experience and trading value of who you are and how you see it basically is based on a subjective perception of self-assessment, which gives you that barometer, barometer value, which ironically, while we shouldn't be rating ourselves and saying we should be ourselves, at least we have something to say, okay, value means this for me. And this is how I score against it. Mm. And how do you know what your self-worth is? And, you know, what are some of the barometers that um, you use? And you've got a few pointers uh, for Mm. us. Let's start with your relationship with yourself, your self-esteem. Yeah, and I think that's one of the check number one is is your check with your self-esteem. And for me, I think you look at a couple of things. How much do you like yourself? Your weight, your social position, success. You know, take your time to write that down, what you like and why and what you dislike and why and about yourself. Mm-hmm. How confident are you about your abilities, you know, and name them. I think we sometimes say, I'm confident. I'm saying take time to name them and raise your confidence on a scale of zero to 100% of which abilities you really think, you know, um, are, are, are some of your key things. And I think collectively that gives you a sense of what you think about who you are and how you like yourself and also a sense of how confident you feel in those things that you think you like about yourself. Mm. And in terms of being honest, I mean, just staying on that uh, number one uh, point Mm. that we're on, after you've done an honest assessment of yourself and you scored very low because truth is as human beings it's easier for us to talk about the things we don't like about ourselves than it is for us to talk about the things we do Mm. like about ourselves Mm. it's always a little bit awkward to say this is what I like this is what my strengths are but we're more than uh, happy to say what our weaknesses are okay Mm. so once you've Mm. actually done an honest assessment and you've seen that you know you've scored very low you've got a low self-esteem and you also carry Mm. that into the workplace what then happens I think, you know, for me, it's first of all, acknowledge. Acknowledge where you are. Um, but secondly, I think you need to start doing more of the things that you like or are good at. Mm. So I was able to just evaluate, you know, um, evaluate the things that you're good at and start doing a lot more of that. Also, do harp on the things that we're not so good at. Society and life tells us that if you're not good at something, then you must work on your weaknesses. Work on your strengths. Work on the things that you like and the good, because that builds your self-esteem. If you don't have an opportunity to do it at work, do it in other spaces. And I, I'm adamant about the fact that work doesn't define who we are. Work is somewhere where we go to transact 
with our talents. And therefore, if you're not able to do, you know, the best thing that or to, to pick up the best things that you are about at work, find other spaces really and actually nurture the things that you're good at. Mm, mm, very, very true. Second point, you say your intrinsic value vase versus your trading value equals your confidence level. It sounds very technical. <laughs> no, no, not at all. I think, that, you know, when I talk about your intrinsic value and value, I really do like using the words of trading because I think value, if something's just sitting there, valuable. You actually experience value once you're, at, you're trading on something. So you can sit to something in a museum and do somebody transacting on that thing. It's, it's just sitting there. It's just um, it's, it's, it's not earning you anything. So for me, your trading value is to what is, is the things that you're good at, the innate talent and skills that yeah. you have. Yeah. And I think, you know, you, you, you need to start assessing whether or not those skills and knowledge are of how you're making a living. You know, um, and Sorry, Rahima, I've just remembered that last week you spoke about packaging, you know, your mm-hmm. skills and your values and using that to trade. I think it goes back to what you said last week. Absolutely. It's all connected. For me, it's connected. I think don't have these conversations as separate conversations, but understand that you're a holistic being. And, and you can't say one thing um, this time and say something the next time. So what you really need to be connected to is the extent to which the things that you're about are the things that you're doing consistently. And that gives you a certain level of comfort, right? So your intrinsic value is your knowledge, the basis and source of how you're making a living. And if that's not what you're doing, you need to start understanding, well, you know, how does that make you feel? If, you're, if, if people sit back and say, oh, I trained to do this, but I'm not doing that. And I always say, well, you could always be doing different things, but how does that make you feel? And if it makes you feel disempowered or it makes you feel less, start trying to find ways of doing that which fulfills you a lot more. Mm. So, and you also have to start understanding whether your trade value is commensurate with the compensation um, for your intrinsic value. So I would say look at a bell curve as an example and say on the bell curve of compensation for skill and effort, where do you fit in? Yeah. And also start asking yourself, how have you negotiated for where you're fitting in? Mm. Are you on the extreme right where you're getting the exceptional amount or you're in the middle where you're median? On the lower end of the bell curve, over the skills and what other people typically get for that, what are you trading in your skills? And so, what's the value that you create with it? Because this has a, this has an impact on how you feel about yourself and, and your confidence as to whether or not you're tradable. And and you know, um, yeah. Mm. Now you ask where and how are your skills traded, your balance of power? You say, what role are you more often than not playing leader versus informer versus give a given direction, which is also based on life cycle or your career? Tell us more about that. Yeah, and people always tend to, um, yeah, this is a good one for me. So the balance of power really relates to also your, your not just your skill set, but your life cycle. Mm. Often people come out of, of, of high school, you see high school, university, get into the workplace, and actually think that they're it, you know, you can do everything. Um, not understanding the balance of power. And the balance of power speaks to where you are in your career and what you can influence in your career. So you need to understand that you play different roles. And in those different roles that you play, you also have a dominant role that you play. So sometimes you're leading, sometimes you're following, and sometimes you're somewhere in between. You need to reflect on the ideal role you envisage to play and how it makes you feel to play that role at a particular point in time. But you also need to be humble. 
right? <laughs> you also need to acknowledge that you have multiple roles and you're not always going to be the leader. You're not always going to be the follower. But understand your relationship with your role, the balance of power that the role affords you and how you relate to that. Mm, very, very true. And let's talk about how consistently do you live your principles, your boundaries? Mm. Another challenge for a lot of us, um, and that's consistency. And I think this speaks to authenticity. So the question that we're asking here is, are we consistent about what you stand for? And are you willing and what you're willing to do and not do? There's a certain level of ethics that comes into here sometimes. Um, your moral code, your principles, your moral fiber, and also just, you know, boundaries in terms of what you are willing to do and what you're required to do. So here we ask people to say, reflect on the most recent incident that somebody or a situation pushed your boundaries and reflect on how often that happens and why and when it happens and what your role is in letting that happen. So are your boundaries clear? Is it known that when I can, there are things that you won't do? If people say, don't even bother asking her. Is it known mm. what you will not accommodate? Is it known what you know you you will not tolerate or are you fluid that one week you will accept this next week you will not accept that because when your boundaries are fluid it's very difficult to create some comfort zone yeah. in terms of who you are and and people understanding where they can and cannot go with you Mm, very, very true. And it's important that you are consistent because, like you say, if you are fluid, you know, and mm. some days you stand for this and some days you stand for that, you know, mm-hmm. then they say if you stand for nothing, you fall for everything. Absolutely, absolutely. And I think one of the one of the, the great reads that I think speaks to you understanding your values and your principles uh, for me is, is the by Don Miguel Luis. And here, um, um, the one that I think stands out for me in, in defining the consistency in which you live your principles is being impeccable with your word. Um, your word is your bond. So tell people, speak out who you are about and what you are about so that people understand that and, and people transact with that. Now, let's talk about what a person can do to improve uh, their self-worth. Um, we mentioned earlier on in terms of improving your self-esteem that you should do more of the things that you like or are good at. And that's one way mm-hmm. of, of improving it. Uh, what can a person do around that? Okay, so in terms of doing things that you're good at, so let's go into, um, I always talk about um, trading. So let's talk about your intrinsic values, trading values. I always tell people you must learn to trade. When we stop, when we associate words like trade only with entrepreneurship or only with business, it's a bit wrong. It's, 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 it's about everybody. So we need to learn to, to barter where we are not trading for value, we're trading for an exchange, our skills for the things that we want. We need to develop a relationship with what I call our trading desk, which is who we are, uh, and learn to ask what you believe you're worth. So, um, as an example of, of trading your intrinsic value is, you know, um, me having a skill in, in, in cycling um, and, 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 you know, finding a way to participate in the sport. Trade on it. Don't just sit back and say, I like doing this and sitting back and, and not doing anything about it. Go out and do something about it. Learn to engage with your skill. Learn to find places where you can explore your skill a lot more. 
That is very true. And also, you say that a uh, where and, and you say that in terms of where and how you trade your skills, you say a person should find opportunities to use the skills that are underutilized uh, that you would ideally like uh, to be using. You say even if it's for free. Hmm. <laughs> I, love this. I have this thing that we do not, okay, there's, there's a dual perspective, but I do not feel that we, we volunteer enough in spaces that need that volunteerism. We do not um, offer our skills really to places that would create big impact because we tend to want a financial compensation. And I understand that completely. But we also leave a lot of our talents underutilized and unemployed because we are not willing to offer ourselves to do things um, for free. So I do believe in volunteering. Um, and I know that Black Techs will argue with me that they actually most of our lives are volunteering stuff. But I do believe that there are multiple spaces where this can apply. And it's not just with families, friends, even with people we do not know. Give up time, give up our talent in in many different ways. And, and, and through that, we're starting to, you know, we're starting to trade our skill. But you're also starting to create a balance of power with yourself. And that balance of power is an appreciation of your talents because when you use something, you're nurturing it. It's growing and you're feeling more value and you're feeling better about something. So, you know, your self-worth is built by building a base of power right. and comfort with what it is that you have to offer the world. That is very true. And last by, but, but not least, uh, let's talk about uh, the mind. You say, how effectively are you employed your utility? You say that an idle mind is the devil's playground. Occupy <laughs> your time constructively. Yes. And if you don't feel like you've got somewhere to occupy, occupy your mind externally, my advice is grow something. Mm. Be responsible for the nurturing of something. So go get a seed, plant something in the garden, and watch it grow. This act of using your mind to pay attention to something or that requires your attention, that requires your effort, is such a therapeutic thing. So put a picture in a box, nurture it, uh, be involved in the evolution of something. Because there's nothing more powerful than seeing something transform before your eyes that you know you've had something to do with. So if you can't do it with a person, go do it with a tree. In fact, nature grows something. All right. Thank you so much to you, Rahima Issa there. And she was talking about your self-worth, knowing your self-worth. Uh, Rahima, I wish we had more time because uh, <laughs> I wanted us to talk about asking for what you want as far as pay packages are concerned, as, as far as, you know, uh, knowing your self-worth and knowing this is what I'm worth, this is what my services are worth and not being apologetic about it. But we are out of time. Maybe we can pick it up next week. Rahima, please share with us your yeah. social media handles. Perfect. 26 minutes before 5 o'clock. Stay with us on Sound Awake.